Slate Plus members, I'm here to remind you to take the Slate survey. It'll be open through April 1st. This is your chance to tell us what you think about Slate Plus and Slate. It'll only take a few minutes and you can find it at slate.com survey. Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Calvin Kosolke, a writer, podcast producer, and transsexual living in Brooklyn. His work has been featured in outlets including Mel Magazine, Vice, Electric Literature, and BuzzFeed. And now here's our first letter. All right, so this next one is, (laughs) uh, you know, I'm feeling kind of a combination of like, bless you, you sweetheart, and a little like, I'm worried about who you're close with. Yeah. Um, So I'd be interested in hearing kind of where you think this is coming from. So the subject is, is it a boundary or control? Which is like, of course, that is the great question. That's like why we go to therapy. That's why we have advice columns. Uh, It is a good question. It's a worthwhile question. Yeah. Dear Prudence, as a longtime reader, I have a question. You often talk about setting boundaries. Can setting boundaries also have unintended consequences? For instance, setting a boundary on time you will spend with another person can look very similar to icing that person out as an emotionally abusive tactic. Conversely, if a person objects to being iced out, the other person can say it is a boundary, not abuse. I am, of course, asking this because I see myself in this scenario often as the one setting a boundary to... I'm sorry, often as the one setting a boundary or to my great worry, icing another person out. Different people have different expectations of time and care, and we are all free to leave an untenable situation. But where do you think the line might lie in relationships that have not yet reached that untenable point? I think that being afraid of being abusive is not the same as not being abusive. What does a balance of least possible hurt for all involved look like? I worry. Yeah. I worry here. Um, and I don't I don't worry letter writer because I think you're asking a a wrong question but I'm it reads to me like you have had multiple people in your life say something along the lines of if you do not spend as much time with me as I want you are abusing me right which is fucking nuts I I, I apologize I don't normally like I don't want to use flippant language around uh, uh, like sanity or reasonableness but like it is fucking objectionable. It is outrageous. It is not reasonable. It is not okay if you have multiple people in your life saying things like, if you don't spend as much time with me as I want, you're abusing me. That is not what abuse is. No. Um, yeah, I, I had the same reaction to you when I was first reading it where I was like, oh, this is this is like an interesting question. This is like a, a big meta thing. This will be interesting to unpack. And then I got into the specifics of, of this reader's question and became increasingly horrified yeah um at the specifics i mean we can go back to the meta part if if you want um but the the specifics yeah um I'm assuming all parties here are consenting adults, right? Because I don't want to get into the details of if you They would are, have mentioned if they were kids Right, involved, if, if there are any kind of dependence or anything, obviously the, the, the power dynamics shift in that way. But if we're just talking about people who are in relationship with each other as friends or family, all adults with relative amounts of autonomy, 
it's always a boundary. It's always a boundary. It's never you get to decide how much time you want to spend with a person. Right. That's that's just a part of being a human person in the world. It is not abuse to say, hey, I don't want to hang out with you as much as you want to hang out with me. That's just time management. Right. And, and so the whole thing about like, what do you do when things haven't yet reached an untenable point? I'm a little worried that you think I'm only really entitled to draw that boundary when I know I'm about to lose it. And my fear here is that this is like a family dynamic where everyone in your family has always said, like, we're entitled to whatever we want from you. And you sometimes say things like, I only want to hang out for three hours this Saturday. And they're like, that's abusive. Right. Or or, or in any way turning down the volume on how much time you might spend with someone. It is ridiculous to accuse someone of modulating the time they spend with somebody else as as using that as a tactic of abuse. Um yeah, it's it's really concerning that this is sort of the framework that you seem to be looking at this from. Like, part of me wants to just be very flippant and say things like, "Well, words mean things," and this is not what abuse means, which is is in one part true. But yeah, um, people don't need to appropriate abuse language to register their displeasure with you choosing to spend uh, not as much time with them as they would wish. Yeah, and I also again, I I, I don't want to say like here's exactly what abuse is and isn't at all times. But generally speaking, even icing someone out, like, you know, if you were in, like, a long-term marriage and you gave someone the silent treatment for weeks because they had, like, made the bed improperly, absolutely. I think that could be assigned a category of at least, like, great emotional harm. Right. But simply telling someone, I'm not going to give you what you want or I don't want to see you as often as you want to see me, that might hurt their feelings. It might be incompatible with what they want. But as long as you're saying it respectfully um, and communicating your needs clearly, icing somebody out is not abuse. Like, no. Nor is ghost, you know, like, you know, the whole like is ghosting abuse like conversation yes. that was happening on Twitter last week. So like, again, not to be all like, quote unquote, the words mean things, guys. But like, if somebody hurts your feelings, Maybe they're being mean. Maybe they're being cruel. That doesn't always rise to the level of abuse. We don't always need to go to that well. Right. Um, and, and it can be a very one-sided decision. I mean, I, I, and I think you uh, – this person says they are a longtime reader. They will have heard you say this. Like, everybody doesn't have to agree that your boundaries are good. Another person can dislike your boundaries and they can still be boundaries. It does not raise them to the level of abusive behavior. Yeah. Um, just because somebody else objects to them. The fact that you have – put these boundaries in place probably implies that people are going to object to them on some level. That's why you put them there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And like, you know, like with you, Calvin, we have a good friendship such that like if I'm tired, I'll just let you know, like I'm tired. uh, I'm done hanging out for the day. Yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah. And because we are both eager to meet one another's boundaries, we have not yet had in our friendship a moment where one of us had to say, like, I'm drawing a line. Right. And I think hopefully, ideally, in most of your relationships, most of the time, that's how things work. If you find yourself having to constantly say with the same person or the same groups of people, you know, I have to draw this boundary. This is now a formal limit. And they are constantly bumping up against that and saying, you're icing me out, you're abusing me. Something else is going on there. And and without knowing more detailed information, I couldn't say what it was. But my read here is that you know or have known a number of very unreasonable people who treat your not giving them what they want as potentially abusive. 
Right. And, and, and this other writer says um, different people have different expectations of time and care, and we are all free to leave an untenable situation. You're free to leave any situation. It doesn't, doesn't have to be untenable. It doesn't yeah. have to be untenable. You can decide, I don't want to hang out with this person anymore. You are free to do that. And again, it might seem capricious and uh, unpleasant to the other party. Um, but you are you do not necessarily owe this person uh, a perfect, uh, you know, detente or denouement to your relationship uh, with them. You, that is that is not that might be uncool, but it is not abuse. Um, so you seem to know this um, like a- academically. And, yeah. and it does seem like in, in your lived experience, um, you are coming up against this time and again. Uh, so I, I truly hope that you can set and maintain those boundaries and understand that uh, they are fine and good. Yeah, there's so much that I like worry might be the case I keep wanting to go into, but absent those details, I don't want to speculate too much. I would just say if you are experiencing this a lot, that is itself perhaps a sign that somebody else is looking to erode your boundaries. Maybe worth talking to a therapist about. Um, Again, not all therapists are like perfect geniuses, but they will often be able to help you get a sense of are these expectations reasonable and healthy? Um, And that last second to last line of being afraid of being abusive is not the same as not being abusive, which I I, I took to mean, I know that just because I worry a lot about not being abusive doesn't mean it's definitive proof that I'm not abusive. And I would just say, like, if you are in that mental cycle, absent of I have I, I know I engage in the following behaviors that harm other people and they look like raising my voice, throwing things, trying to deprive them of the ability to leave a room, what right. have you. I, I think the problem is not you. Yeah, it, it certainly doesn't seem so. Yeah. Um, and as for the final question, what does the balance of least possible hurt for all involved look like? If you find out that answer and it's like a couple lines, please write back and let us know. Um, yeah, it really <laughs> depends on the situation. My guess is that in your situation – you are not shunning people. Right. You're not casting them out of society. You're not arbitrarily and capriciously in the middle of a nice dinner announcing, I'm done and walking away. Right. And yeah. Which, again, would be weird and eccentric and rude, but not abusive. Right. Um, and also, you cannot own another person's hurt. You cannot own the volume of another person's hurt um, depending on, on on your actions. You know, obviously you can modulate what you do in a way that you believe it will not be hurtful. But again, setting a boundary necessitates that somebody else was coming up against that and and was causing you some measure of, of discomfort or harm. So um, you you cannot own that. You can only set, you know, do, do what you believe to be right for yourself and, and not, uh, you know, going to be massively harmful to everybody else in your life um, but you cannot own the depth and breadth of somebody else's feelings around around your own actions yeah I think the last thing that I'll say about that is like when you're at a stage with someone where you say I need you to know my new boundary it's this it's usually because other things haven't worked right so usually when you set a boundary someone else is going to at the very least mildly object I mean sometimes it's it's it, people didn't realize they were bumping up against something and and they're happy to comply I, that that does happen but I I think it should be expected as a matter of course that when you have to set a boundary with someone, there will at least be some initial resistance. Um, So I wouldn't take that as a sign that you're doing the wrong thing. That's kind of why you put the boundary in place in the first place. Right. Uh, Good luck. Yeah. Let it, I would love to hear back. If you could give us any more information, I would really love to know, you know, if there's someone in particular you're thinking of, if there's a group of people in particular you're thinking of, if um, yeah, any more details that you care to provide, we'd love to hear. Yeah. So this next one 
very sweet. I think I can encourage the letter writer to do slightly less, um, which I always enjoy being able to do. <laughs> it was very sweet. Yeah. Uh, subject is, I'm the only one who knows about stepkids transition. Dear Prudence, I have a funny, quirky stepkid, Barry, who's always been a bit odd, alternating between being funny and sarcastic one minute, then sullen and standoffish the next. Several days ago, Barry revealed to me that he's trans and will begin transitioning shortly, although he's not yet changing his name or pronouns. He's also always been my husband's only son. This explains so much of what I've observed over the last 20 years. Barry's in his 40s. He wants to tell his dad and the rest of the family with letters in the next few weeks. In the meantime, my husband wonders what Barry wanted to discuss with me. I've been sworn to secrecy. His father and I had discussed the fact that possibly Barry was gay, and his dad said he had no problem with it, that he just wanted his son to be happy and healthy. His dad and I have also discussed being trans in the past, and he says he just doesn't think he could ever understand it. How do I help my husband understand that having a third happy, healthy daughter is much to be preferred over a clinically depressed, possibly suicidal son who can no longer live a lie? I love you, letter writer. I'm so yeah. glad, first of all, that Barry has you. Yeah. Like that there was one person in the family that Barry knew, like, okay, I can talk to dad's wife and that's a real in-person conversation we can have. I'm really glad that you were able to to do that. Yeah. And 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 clearly his trust is well placed because you are obviously very concerned and want to be proactive um in in making sure that um the the whole family, particularly your husband, um, reacts positively to this and 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 is supportive of Barry. So obviously his trust was super well placed and yeah. you you seem great. So I, I would say in terms of letting Barry deliver this news. Um, you've got to do that. So even if your husband is like asking around or like, I wish you would tell me, uh, I, I think it's really, really important that you let Barry come out to your husband. Um, so just continue to hold that line and just say like, Barry will tell you when he's ready. Um, I love you so much. Everything's fine. And, you know, don't uh, don't let him wear you down on that front. I also just want to acknowledge it's always like important for me to like respect when somebody says like I'm not changing my name or pronouns yet because I'm just like clutching the table yeah. being like I want to change it. I want to respect you so I want to start respecting you faster. <laughs> um, and it's just like that used to you know frustrate me when I would talk to people and say like I'm not ready to change this yet and they'd mm -hmm. be like can I change it? And I'd be like no I'll tell you when I'm ready. So I just want to acknowledge that like yeah. I feel a little bit of it right now. I feel a little like, I don't want to say Barry. Yep. No, uh, I don't either. And we are all going to. Um, because Barry asked. Because Barry asked. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's not a ton also you can do in terms of like, uh, you know, the, 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 the part of me wants to be like, you got to go do all these resources and prepare a stack of books and pamphlets and websites the minute your, you know, Barry comes out to your husband, uh -huh. um, you know, and obviously you can't be doing a ton of that uh, beforehand without tipping, without uh, inadvertently outing Barry, which is uh, right now the main thing you should not be doing. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, you, you seem to know your husband. It also sounds like you don't have a, a ton to be concerned about saying um, – your husband doesn't think he could ever understand it. Does not sound like a massive fire and brimstone kind of response right. um, to to the idea of trans people as a whole. Right, and it's not uncommon uh, for people to be like, "All right, I finally come around to the idea of the gay thing," but like, don't ask me to be okay with a trans thing. Right, and it's like unfortunate and annoying, and yet, like, if he came around on the gay thing, like, I I, I have faith he'll come around again. And you know. Whether or not he understands it is immaterial because right. what he has to do is respect 
uh, his kid exactly. and 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 support his kid. And that is, I think, perhaps the chief thing that you can prepare yourself to do after Barry comes out. I, I think that's exactly it. Is a of all, don't lose Barry in this and your concern for your husband. I think um, tr- even the best uh, and smoothest transition in the world is a massive life event. Um, mm-hmm. It is not a cataclysm, but you should probably. It's a big thing. It's a big thing, and you should. Uh, clearly, Barry loves and trusts you, and I, I would encourage you to continue to uh, check in on check in on him uh, regularly. See how he's doing. See if he needs anything. This isn't like a like I made you a big ziti uh, kind of. Or to, make Barry a big ziti yeah. if you think Barry enjoys ziti. Yeah, and also check in on him to see how much uh, he wants you to be doing and checking in. Anyway, yeah, put, put, put and, it, and I think just as an addendum to that, after he has come out to your husband, to do those check ins in a way that's totally disconnected from your husband that's not like how are you doing by the way i just want you to know my husband's trying really really hard and i'm sure he's going to come around and maybe this next month he'll you know like don't make promises on your husband's behalf don't try to send messages just like if you do those separate check-ins on your own just as a like concerned stepmom um do them on their own right and 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 in fact um i would even uh encourage you to do the opposite where if your husband does have some trouble um Adjusting to the news of this transition at all, if Barry does change his name and pronouns, as Danny and I very clearly are like white knuckling, wishing he would do actually in the middle of this letter. Yep. You get the uh, important but not necessarily a glamorous job of absorbing that um, for Barry and not and making sure that your husband is not delivering any of those, you know, possibly, you know, again, using words that are hateful, but like problematic. Um, but, you know, just sort of unpleasant and unglamorous working out of why is this happening? What What do you mean? I don't understand this. You know, any of the sort of um, uh, processing of his kid's transition that uh, Barry should not be subjected to and Barry should not have to deal with um, with his dad directly. You know, as, as much of that as you can sort of talk through with your husband and remind him, like, your kid is happier and healthier and better this way, you know, uh, materially, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get to do that and to as much as you can uh, shield some of that, uh, shield Barry from some of that unpleasantness so he doesn't have to have those conversations because I'm sure no matter what, he's going to be having a bunch of those in his life. Yes. Um, right now and also for the rest of forever. Although I, I do want to tag onto that. Don't take that so far that you feel personally responsible for absorbing all of your husband's transphobia. Like, I, I think you can encourage Good behavior, discourage bad behavior. Right. I, I do want you to be as helpful to Barry as possible in those moments. But I think sometimes, especially when it comes, like, this is not an unheard of dynamic where it's, like, transphobic or homophobic husband, more accepting, like, female partner whose job it is is to soften him to the world. Right. And so I would just say, like, don't take that so far that you feel like it's my job to absorb all of this. Like, Right, right. Barry's also in his 40s. Your husband is, is, is also grown. Like, both of them are adults. And if your husband fucks up in his relationship with Barry and Barry distances himself as a result, you know, again, you can offer support, advice, encouragement. But I want you also to really, like, remind yourself, like, this is my husband's relationship with his kid yeah and i don't have to um do more than be supportive right. here it's not my job to make sure he does the right thing right yeah and and, and just to model good behavior obviously and, and and again to be primarily a support to barry and if you want to you know uh go to a p-flag meeting together or something right or be like hey I, mm-hmm. I, this book or this article might be helpful you know if, if, if that's the kind of way that your husband that would be useful to your yeah. husband not everybody's a joiner or a reader that would be cool but you don't need to super overdo it yeah yeah and i think too um the you know the best resource is the open mind so before p flag before a book 
if your husband gets real stuck on, I don't understand it. I, I don't know how much I like would encourage like thought exercises like, well, what if you woke up tomorrow and you were in such and such a situation? How would you feel? Because I think that can get um, I don't think you need to have weird thought experiments to offer people like sympathy and respect. Mm -hmm. But I think to just your answer to that be like, well, you don't have to understand it. You do have to respect it. But you could also like listen. And I bet if you listen to your kid's experience, you'd start to understand it better. You are capable of understanding it if you want to. But sometimes people say that because what they mean is, I choose not to understand this. Right. I'm hostile to this idea. If someone tries to tell me more about it, I will push that away because I don't like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I would just, uh, but before understanding, which which would be a longer term process, quite possibly, uh, comes the actions of basic respect, which you can certainly model and you can certainly um, encourage uh, your husband to take part in, which is whatever Barry's name, pronouns are, wind up being, you know, anything like that. Um, that That is your primary thing. And again, yeah, just making sure Barry is good and, and offering your support to, to him uh, totally independent of of uh, your relationship with your husband and, and his relationship with your husband. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.